This is your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with news of the day from the perspectives of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Top story is that Russia and the Turkish president, Putin, and Erdogan met for five hours today and came out with what sounds like a very similar agreement to what happened five days ago with Pence and Pompeo and Erdogan, a 150-hour or five-day ceasefire for the final withdrawal of YPG or PKK, or I guess it's just YPG there, the Kurdish, that Kurdish group from a 30-mile strip, 30-mile wide strip across the Turkish-Syrian border, which is more than Russia and Syria said that they would allow in the beginning. So if all goes according to what these guys agreed to, it seems great. It would be great to restore sovereignty at existing borders just for the name of peace and self-governance. My own personal opinion of how we're all governed these days aside, that is the latest on that. Well, maybe that's Uh, promising. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be great. It would be fantastic. Of course, Everything Russia does is wrong, so we have to hate that. And if, you know, they, they, they're talking about the Kurds are super mad and ISIS is out of control. And it's funny because yesterday I saw a, an, a, a headline that said, is, is TikTok safe for teens? And, like, teens just <laughs> use the crap out of TikTok, which is like Snapchat but videos, basically, is, I think, how it works. I remember it's when like that came on the seconds. scene. It seemed... As you mentioned, it seems very Japanese in the way that it is created, and then it just seemed to get way too popular too quickly. Yes, I it it really feels like maybe it had that. Maybe it's I I never looked into the background of it, but if it were sponsored by say China, you know, who has a super, it does seem more Japanese and it's like style, but the end name actually. But uh, if you have a limited market like in China where the government like restricts what you can bring out. If you bring one thing out that fills a niche, it's kind of like Uber. When taxis were a government protected monopoly, you could not compete with the gypsy cabs. My father tried to compete with government bus service and stuff. You just, there's a, there's this unserved niche. And once something is allowed to enter that niche, it can completely dominate it very quickly. So it's possible that's where it came from. I really don't know who owns it, but the but the, yesterday I saw that and I was like, oh, why why is it not safe? I guess it's whatever sexting or something. But today it said ISIS is posting TikTok videos. Oh so, wow! Very uh, sure. well. It just reminds me of the article that you sent me and I verified numerous times. Although I should just carry it around with me, where the was it British intelligence or U.S. intelligence or them together was hired a firm to create ISIS videos for YouTube. And when they were busted for doing that, they were told uh, that they were that it was being monitored, it was being disseminated and tracked, like like when you drink like that weird solution that like will light stuff up in your body when you get an X-ray, is like yeah. that. But the guys who made the video said, "Yeah, we didn't put anything like that in this." And also, that's kind of interesting because when the pranksters called. 
Lindsey Graham, they said we created ISIS, but now some stragglers are creating something else. And when they said we created ISIS, Graham said, yes, yeah, uh-huh. You know, I mean, he could have just not known what he was saying, but like he just didn't even say nothing. He said, yes. And then you look at the Mike Flynn DIA, Defense Intelligence Agency document from 2012 that said we would love a kind of caliphate to arise between Iraq and Syria to undermine the Syrian government. And I don't know if he actually said it outright, but also provide an excuse for us to go in there. So I don't take anything that they say about ISIS at face value. I do think there's a lot of violence over there. But but Russia doesn't even really out that origin, probably because they use it themselves as justification for what they want to do that their people might not like. They're one of their people being Tulsi Gabbard. Of course, the Russian asset. (laughs) So Trump said on Hannity, Jill Stein and Tulsi Gabbard, I don't know them, but I know they're not Russian agents. And that was widely replayed. And like, how does he know? How does he know? Like, that's just a weird thing to say. And I also heard one of the Fox guys say, oh, her opinion polls have gone way up. Now she qualifies for already qualifies for the next Democratic debate. And all this, and I realize that the way, you know, the way news, like if it's not a leak or a prank or an accidental release of information, nobody believes it. It's like there's another kind of thing upending the way we used to operate, which is the best PR is bad PR. The best thing is to be a victim. The best thing is to be attacked. Yeah. And what this is going to do is it's going to inject the topic of Russian interference into the next debate at a prominent level. So even though she's going to be saying, obviously, I'm not Russian, they're still going to be talking about, but clearly Russian interference happened and it's already happening again. Yeah. Uh, And then – One other thing about Tulsi. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Pete Raymond, I've been a guest on this podcast. You've been a guest on this podcast. He he tweeted at us that Tulsi has been – she's no longer on the CFR – roster which is interesting is that true because just a couple of months ago i saw it there yeah yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting yeah wow that's so interesting because i i discover i read it every once in a while it's really long and i only discovered it because i read that cfr membership every once in a while so that's where i saw it yeah so thank you it wasn't even like an article about (laughs) it yeah. yeah thanks that's so interesting so i guess see i was giving her a pass on i was like cautiously Saying, well, you know, that uh, people are on it that don't even really know the full implications of it, probably, because right. there's like a sanctum sanctorum, the inner circle. So, but the fact that they took it off now makes me think they're covering it up so that it is more significant than I thought. Yeah. Interesting. I should have taken a screenshot of it when it was there, but I know how I discovered it was reading that. So that's Well, there's I still know. an article. There's articles from the CFR oh, that, talking that do about mention her, it. Okay. But Yeah. Very interesting. Thank you for that. So a couple of other things like uh, what? um, Oh, yes. Didn't didn't Trump, you know, why does he do stuff like this? He tweeted out that that this impeachment thing is like a lynching, which is such a charged expression. It's so ridiculous. 
Uh, Kamala Harris and Cory Booker were trying to get anti-lynching legislation passed. Okay, everything about lynching is illegal already. Okay, you're not allowed to kill people without a trial. So by any method. And then Jesse Smollett was supposed to emphasize it because he was he called the cops when somebody racist put a noose around his neck. That was his story, yeah. um, but that was debunked in in big fashion. So now they need they. I guess they have a bigger agenda for the lynching idea, and they needed it back in the limelight. And there's Trump just delivering it right to him, right to him. Shifting gears a bit to the news media's favorite topic of the moment, quid pro quo. I was interested in how frequently the term quid pro quo had been searched on Google because. It's not a term that you really hear that often unless you're like watching Silence of the Lambs or something. So I did a Google trend search, and I dated it for the past five years up until now. And compared to right now, in the previous five years, the term quid pro quo is basically non-existent in the search trends, with the exception of one week. That one week being... The only other time that quid pro quo spiked in the Google search trends was the week of October 16th through October 23rd of 2016. And the stories that came up during that time were about a Hillary Clinton-Barack Obama quid pro quo. The story centered around a 2015 phone call between former Undersecretary of State Patrick Kennedy and former FBI Deputy Assistant Director of International Operations Brian McCauley. On the call, Kennedy said to the FBI agent, I need a favor, to which the FBI agent responded, Good. I need a favor. I need our people back in Baghdad. Kennedy's favor turned out to be that he wanted the FBI to declassify one of Hillary Clinton's emails, and the exchange favor requested by the FBI agent was that the secretary get the State Department to restore two spots for special agents at the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad, which did not happen. So it was ultimately deemed not to be a quid pro quo because it didn't happen, similar to the Biden non-investigation. What's really interesting to me about this is that after the existence of Hillary Clinton's email server was made public, the FBI released notes about its investigation into the former Secretary of State, and these notes asserted that Patrick Kennedy, the State Department undersecretary, asked the FBI to help change the status of an email on Clinton's server that the FBI wanted classified in exchange for, quote, and I'm quoting, a quid pro quo. So the FBI notes called the interaction – a quid pro quo. Yet it was found not to be a quid pro quo because, as I said, it never happened. And I just thought I thought it was really interesting the way that story paralleled and how the only other time the term quid pro quo has spiked is when it was related to Clinton and Obama. And it's also interesting because Trump's team and his campaign was tweeting and talking about Hillary Clinton and Obama's quid pro quo back then, just like everybody on that side on the left is tweeting and talking about Trump's alleged quid pro quo now. Yeah, this is the thing about stuff like that. An offer for a quid pro quo is all that happened anyway with Trump. So yeah. if this is the same thing. That's what they say here. Happened here. They say that. It was just an offer. It's just like the cover up. The underlying crimes that we're talking about, like with the Biden stuff, are so, so much more serious than skirting the edge of trying to make a deal about something minor. 
Yeah. In the, you know, in the Hillary case, it sounds minor, but the, all this stuff sounds minor. The, the email server thing. It's like, it was not a classified server. It's like, okay, whatever. And people on the right were getting mad at me for saying, you know, I just don't think it's that big a deal. And I also don't think this is that big a deal. It's yeah. not crystal clear and it's not that big a deal. Yeah, I don't either. I think it's all, like they said, like Mulvaney said in his press conference, it's all normal. They all do quid pro quo. That's the only reason they interact with foreign leaders is quid and pro know, quo. And you know, Trump, the way Trump operates, his image that they generate on him, on both sides really, ultimately, is that he's not a politician at all. And he just has these impulses. He's very emotional. He, I mean, the right certainly says he loves this country. I would say that the way his persona has been crafted, it is more likely that he just wanted to dig into the corruption than even cared about his own. Why take Biden out? He could beat Biden handily. I know. Why take Biden's him out? Biden's not a threat. Why, yeah, why take him out for somebody who, like Tulsi Gabbard, who could actually win? Yeah. So impeachment, again, impeachment's going to be the story for a while now, which actually the Democrats have come out, and they're now saying that impeachment's going to take a lot longer, they believe. It might take all the way up into the 2020 election, so they've backtracked on thinking they can finish it before Christmas. And I read a Brookings article yesterday that that listed the impeachment tests and indicators to determine if Trump is going to actually get impeached or not. And I thought it was just an interesting article because it gives you quick and easy ways to measure because it's not at all about facts or legalities. It's all about public opinion. And here's what the article says that persuading the public to support impeachment and removing uh, a president is a two step process. The public must be convinced that the charges are true. And that they are weighty enough to justify overturning the results of a presidential election. And then it gives the key indicators, which they say are presidential approval rating, public support for the impeachment effort, and bipartisan support for impeachment in the House. Those are the, that's say how those again? Say them again? Presidential approval rating, mm-hmm. public support for impeachment effort, mm-hmm. yeah, and bipartisan support for impeachment in the House. Th- those are the topics that... That is what everybody's hitting right. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's no coincidence. A memo went out. Yeah, totally. <laughs> said, like, affect these, not only talk about these measures, but try to affect them. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. A book is coming out soon. But you want to yeah. know who's writing it? It's a, Tell it's me the topic, and I will... book. Okay, hold on, hold on. Anti-Trump, anti-Trump. Um... Uh... Hillary. No, well, I don't know because it's being written by Anonymous. Anonymous is not only breaking stories, they're writing books now as the writer of the internal op-ed that was written about a year and a half ago that was written by the leader of the resistance inside the Trump White House. So we never got the name. She really gets around. Yeah. She's quoted by every single newspaper every day. She and her buddy source two. Yeah, so look, looking forward to that. Sure, buddy. Sorry. Justin, that reminds me of the Clinton thing, though. There was a, there was around that time with the Clinton impeachment right. primary colors, which was a big and I said eventually was was it Mark Klein? Was that the guy's name who wrote it? Eventually, it came out who wrote it, but at the time, it got so much press for being anonymous that it just sold like hotcakes. Yeah, maybe it's Kellyanne Conway. Or her husband, George. Well, her husband, George, is so outspoken against Trump, and she's actually in the White House. It's just hard to see the conflict of interest not 
playing a factor with those two. Right, but that's are. why he's anonymous. Yeah, yeah. I think he you know, would be open he's got about this it, inadvertent man. mole. I know, but he doesn't want to get her fired because she's his source. Yeah, that's true. So Justin Trudeau and his party, they won. Oh yeah, that I'm not going to call him Mr. Black. Any kind of names. Well, that's I, just terrible. Well, it, he brought it on himself, okay? And there's a Oh no, I don't have any sympathy for him, but the whole topic, I hate the topic. It's so awful. There's a couple interesting. This is like my, my favorite story because it's so ridiculous. Justin Trudeau was going on an apology tour around the country after his blackface scandal, after pictures of him. The brownface one or the blackface one? Well, the one that was called brownface but happened to be the most blackest yes, yes, ever. And his Even on body. his hands and yeah. everything. Ugh. So he was doing an apology tour calling for, uh, you know, we're going to confiscate guns and stuff. And part of his apology tour consisted of him going on a children's television show where two black little girls, probably six or seven, stood up and asked him, why he painted his face in brown face. Uh And he apologized to the two black little girls about doing about hurting them. And Uh he said that in 2001, when he was almost 30, he didn't know that wearing blackface was wrong. But now he does, and he's talked to his children about that. That's ridiculous. I know. That's like Megyn Kelly saying, oh, people did that in my town growing up. I'm like, you are crazy. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know what it was. And then he called for... Everybody in the world, after apologizing to these two black girls, it was just so ridiculous. Everybody in the world to make sure to hold everybody else accountable to prevent this type of racism from spreading around the world. And another related story is protesters have been showing up to all his events in blackface, holding mm-hmm. signs that say, we are also Aladdin. And Aladdin is, was his excuse. Yeah. He said you dressed as Aladdin. So I, I think that's, no, like, that's, that's a funny just... troll. It's funny, but they're doing it. They're actually doing it. I protest the protests. Yeah, I wouldn't do it, but it's funny that they're trolling him in that way. It does highlight the fact that nobody actually cares that Trudeau. Well, Papa John trolled Colonel Sanders in that way, and it didn't work out for him. Yeah, yeah. So it shines a light on the fact that his blackface thing is really getting swept under the rug (sighs) because he's capitulating and doing what they tell him to do. And maybe, yeah, okay. Can I? Yeah, go ahead. uh, I just wanted to point out that. Four more college parents capitulated to pressure to plead guilty, which they then said that they were guilty, but uh, to the college admission scandal. And a lot, still the other parents are holding fast. They're saying, we're not guilty. We didn't do anything. And a lot of parents were never charged. I think Joe Montana was one. I know Phil Mickelson was one where they said, oh, but what their relationship with Rick Singer was totally innocent. They used him as a whatever. So it's possible to have an innocent relationship with him. And, And one of the parents who was still pleading not guilty, the lawyer said this is coercion to get these people to relinquish their constitutional rights. They are not guilty and they want to fight it. And threatening more charges is a way to get them to relinquish their unconstitutional rights. And this was yesterday. We didn't get a chance to get to it. But today, Lori Loughlin was charged with even more stuff and other parents were charged with uh, bribing a federal program bribery, but these are private schools that they were giving money to. So I don't know how, I mean, I'm sure there's a twisted way that they're going to get to that, but I feel like they cannot let Lori Lachlan go to trial on this because she is innocent and she will prove it. And so if they can't get her to drop the case, they will get to the lawyers. I already saw the name swapped out from the big shot lawyer to one of the guys who works for him, who also has a good reputation, but not like the other guy. The other guy was an insider. He was successful in the Enron prosecution. 
if she if that guy gets her and her husband all the way, then I think she gets off, and boy, the FBI will look stupid. They'll look bad, especially all those people who made deals. And are going to jail. Yeah. Now, uh, people did different things, but what Lori Loughlin did, I think she was the victim. I agree. Felicity Huffman, I don't think, was the victim. Yeah, she'll be out in jail. I mean, I'm sure she was talked into it, but... Yeah. So there's been protests going on, not just in Hong Kong. I know. I cannot see any of them without thinking of you the day you said these Hong Kong protests are going to be used as a model for the rest of the world. Which the Chinese government echoed that similar sentiment yesterday. They said, Yeah, but you said it like months ago or a month ago, whenever it first started, the first day we talked about it. Yeah. And there's a trend that I kind of saw this coming too. But not. I didn't see this getting so worldwide as quickly as it is. That could be potentially scary, and that's that a lot of these protesters in – I don't want to say a lot, but there are groups of protesters in these countries around the world that are now showing up to these protests dressed exactly like the Joker from the recent Joker movie. Within the movie – That's th- sick. Yeah, this isn't a spoiler. This is- I don't even want to watch a trailer to that movie because it seems so dark. Within the in the movie, there are jokers that are protesting. So he's presented oh as like a gosh. leader of protest. It, yeah, and they talk about him as this like perfect anti-hero or like this hero who's an you know you root for him or whatever. But even though he's awful, he's a mass murdering psychopath who likes to cause chaos. In in most of the representations of him, in the most recent representation of him, the Joker, he is a mass murderer who is extremely mentally ill and who in fact I have some quotes about a couple of quotes about why the protesters are dressed like him that I'll give you in a second but the thing about the joker is when you put on when you put on a uniform any uniform uh, especially when you're dressing like a character the longer you wear it, the more you feel, yeah. the more well, they you say, walk, the more you yeah, think. They, yeah, they do that, that he was doing that. He was method acting or whatever. He's never breaking character. And yeah. they, I think Heath Ledger, supposedly, his death was related to the psychological impact of playing the Joker. It's, it's just I, like, Whether it's drugs or suicide or, you know, whatever it was, they definitely said it was disturbing. Right. It, it's like when you put on a suit, a nice shoe. You don't normally wear a suit. You're going to walk different. You're going to feel different. And right. Was he wearing white face all the time, you think, or was he just doing it in his mind? Doesn't Joker have white? Yeah, he has a bunch of different colors on it. But oh. Yeah. I, if it were me and I were on set, because I've, I've dressed as characters too, and, and I wear it. I put it on as soon as possible. Because but, I mean, do you wear it to the mall? No, I don't do that. Yeah, okay, that's I what I said. Like, Jim Morrison that. was doing that. Not Jim Morrison. Drew, Jim Carrey was playing Jim Morrison or something? I don't know what, but yeah. he just, like, really wore the hair, and he just was all the time acting like yeah. Jim Morrison. <laughs> yeah. So, Which isn't a bad guy to act like. Maybe he just liked being handsome for a while. Right. There's an exercise in improv where it's whole workshops for this, and it's kind of – it's crazy. But you go to the workshop, and the improv workshop is this. It's called masking. There's all these masks all around the table, and, and this, the students go, and they pick up a mask. And the idea is to live in the mask and to walk around yeah. with a bunch of creepy masks and is to lose yourself – and become the mask. And, yeah, and that's what he looks like. Looks right. like he's got a mask. And yeah. people who do these exercises, they could have been the quietest people, never said a word. It, quietest people you ever seen yes. in your life will do insane and crazy. I mean, it's unbelievable how really? nuts people go doing these exercises. Wow. Because it, it's not them. 
it's somebody else because they yeah. see somebody else in the mirror. Right. And, wow. And, and mass movements like this, and when you're dressing as a character that is going to yeah, make you Yeah, that's exactly feel what bad. a crowd can make you do. Right. Maybe and, a crowd acts as a mask. And, yeah, and there's a video of uh, the Joker dance, the protester dresses the Joker dancing like he does in the movie, and people are surrounding him and cheering him on, and it just feeds. I could see these people turning into leaders uh, of chaos in, in the resistance, and it's a dangerous thing. I would not dress as the Joker for Halloween. It's not going to be a good costume because it's going to scare people, and if people start showing up at these protests dressed like the Joker, it's going to make other people nervous. It's going to make police officers nervous. It's a dangerous thing. I think it could be. Yeah, and it reminds me exactly of what the books that we've read on crowds and power, how people act like the people around them. It's like that is somehow when you don't feel like you're responsible for your own behavior that you you can act really bad. Yeah, yes, exactly. Here's what yeah. one protester in Lebanon said. They said that this was a perfect occasion to dress as the Joker. The reason we painted our faces is because we related to the character in the movie. Because before he painted his face, he was just living that miserable life. Nobody cared about him. Nobody would listen to him. He's upset. He's angry. And it drove him to madness. And that's what's happening in Lebanon. See, and if you tell yourself that and you give yourself a pass because you say that you've driven to madness, that it's somebody else's fault, that it's not in your control, that it's not you, that it's the crowd, that it's the mask, it's the circumstance you that will make civilization break down which is exactly what i think they're after at some level right and this movie is one of the most popular movies in america right now oh yeah everybody wants to see it my kids everything uh i have to even though that's kind of a dark finish yeah (laughs) i must remind people that it is share the show tuesday yes so Please give everybody uh, in your social media, share it on social media. Find somebody you know who's sick, who want, used to stay informed, but just can't stand the MSMBS anymore. Turn them on to the Drive Time News Blast. And you can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. on thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform under the Propaganda Report podcast feed. We will talk to you all tomorrow. <laughs>